Charlie Wright is an investment advisor representative with Partner Vest Advisory Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. The views and opinions expressed by our guests are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views of Partner Vest Advisory Services, LLC, or Charlie Wright. Partner Vest and our guests are unaffiliated companies. No information in this discussion is intended to provide investment, tax, or legal advice to any person, nor is it an offer to sell any security. Welcome to the Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net. I'm Charlie Wright and today is April 24th, 2015. We're very pleased you've joined us and we're happy to have with us today John Kosar, founder and director of research at Asbury Research. John talks to us from their headquarters just outside of Chicago, Illinois. John, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Hi, Charlie. Thanks for having me today. So, John, let's begin with some of your background here. Tell us about it. Sure. Um, I'm, I guess you call me a veteran. Uh, I started my career as a young man on the floor of the Chicago Mercantile Exchange back when the futures trading pits were basically roaring coming out of the 70s. Uh, and I spent the first 15 years working in various pits. Started at the bottom. I ended up being an order filler and an you know, independent trader there. Worked for some of the big firms. And um, what I had noticed early on was that the guys that seemed to be making all the money were the guys that were walking around with little charts in their hand. You know, back then there were no computers on the floor. It was point and figure charts and a pencil. So I was really taken how certain traders could seem to predict the future by kind of studying past. They seemed to know where the stops were. Um, they seemed to know where buying and selling pressure was. So that was the early interest. And from there, um, I left the floor in the mid to late 90s, worked for several firms, and launched Asbury in 2005. Okay, and so what does Asbury do for whom? We write investment research for professionals, and uh, a wide swath of them, actually. We work with billion-dollar hedge funds. We work with wealth managers um, and really everything in the middle. Um, we work with mutual funds. Uh, we work with some fixed income firms. And what we do is we provide a technical and quantitative-oriented macro view of the, of the U.S. financial landscape, which would include stocks, sectors, interest rates, and treasuries, follow a handful of commodities that are economically sensitive copper gold and oil are three of those and we also follow the dollar on kind of a tertiary level and what that kind of gives us or gives my clients and gives me actually is a sense of what the entire picture is doing we keep a database of intermarket correlations relationships that i've built over 10 years. So as we're looking at these different assets, we're figuring out what's moving what. Um, so when we come up with an idea, 
whether it's to buy a certain index or to overweight a certain sector or to sell the bond or whatever it might be, it isn't strictly based on that asset. It's based on usually at least two or three different correlations of other markets. It might be overseas markets. It might be the Nikkei. Um, it might be overseas interest rates somewhere. So it's kind of a triangulated approach to finding investment opportunities here in the States. And what time frames are you looking at in terms of prognosticating uh, for the future? Great question. When I set the business up in 05, uh, again, we're working with PMs that were generally managing their book quarter to quarter. So we're strategic one to two quarters out. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for opportunities that I can ideally be invested in for one to two quarters. Now, sometimes they don't turn out that way. Sometimes they're three quarters. Sometimes they're a quarter and a half. Sometimes, you know, they're less than that. But that's our target. And then as tacticians, we're trying to move in and out of those ideas within a 30-day period. So textbook, we're looking to catch a three-month move in an asset, and we're looking to move in and out of that asset within a 30-day period at the beginning and at the end of that trend. So you just do markets. You don't do individual stocks. We do for individual clients. For example, back in December, we went overweight consumer discretionary. Um, and actually, we just actually got out of that um, idea first of this week. But during the, especially during the first month, we had a lot of clients call and say, uh, I'm long these 10 consumer discretionary stocks. Which ones do you like the best? Or we're currently underweight and we're trying to add. You know, we'd like to add some stocks pick some for us. So we're not bottoms-up stock pickers. I don't want to hand my clients a big list of stocks we like. We like to look at it from top down. It, it, frankly, it allows me the opportunity to be right on the markets a lot more frequently. I think it will, I think would allow anybody that. You have to kind of know what the big waves in the ocean are doing before you start to pick out the ripples. But yes, you know, we do pick those stocks up, but we generally do it on an individual base for clients. You know, they might be looking for small cap, big cap, certain price parameters, you know, certain volume. You know, you know, there's a lot of different criteria they may give us. So yes, we do, but not as a formal report that we put out. Okay. And when you're looking at markets and the like, so I presume you have one to two different markets that you're providing uh, information on. What kind of information are you providing? Is it a green light, red light kind of thing? Or is it a 70% likely uh, to be a bull? Or what, what does it look like? What kind of recommendations are you making? Well, uh, that's a really good question. Basically, what we do is uh, we have eight different reports that we put out over the course of a month. Some are driven by the calendar. Most of them are driven by what the market's doing. So we'll come out with a commentary that will say, in fact, we put out a commentary earlier that had to do with crude oil in the energy sector. Um, two to three months ago, we were looking for opportunities in the energy sector. We have a model that I built that measures asset flows in and out of the various sectors of the S&P 500 based on ETFs. So we may put out a piece that says we think energy is basing now for the following reasons. Time to look at this as a viable investment opportunity for the next couple of quarters. 
time to look at a list of, of energy stocks if you're a portfolio manager and find those maybe that are undervalued and you've wanted to buy and you've been waiting for the right time. And then we have another report that's an Asbury Alert, and this will be when we actually get a breakout. It might be a breakout in the Brent crude oil price, or it could be in an index like an XLE uh, or uh, XOI or some other major index that has to do with oil. So it's kind of a two-step process. The first process is, hey, listen, we we see an opportunity here. Put it on your radar screen. And the second one is, okay, well, now it's time. And when we put it out in that second second report, it has a target, and it'll have some kind of a protective stop on there, too. So investors know when they're wrong, which is really the most important part of investing. Right. You know, John, I'm sure that you get comments uh, kind of like I have uh, gotten in the past that you show up somewhere and somebody finds out what you do for a living and they say, John, did you bring your crystal ball today? (laughs) What is it in the markets that gives you confidence that you can, let's face it, predict that over the next one to two quarters, what is more likely to happen? Price is always the primary consideration. So we're always interested in price momentum, relative performance between two assets. Um, We look at a broad swath of things. We look at investor sentiment. We have um, some of our own investor sentiment tools, and we use a lot of standardized ones that, like the investor's intelligence data. But of the tools that we use, uh, I think the ones that are the most immediately and um, reliably influential are asset flows. And I do this in a number of different ways. Um, I told you I came from the futures pits. And I look at hedger activity, commercial hedger activity in various futures markets. It could be the Treasury bond. It could be platinum. It could be, you know, there's a futures market for virtually everything that one would be interested in investing in. So I start there. I see what the smart money is doing. I see what hedgers are doing. You know, do they think you know the price of a certain sector is undervalued, overvalued? And then the second part of that is once we get some positive price structure, you know, by looking at the price charts and you know relative performance and market breadth, you know, you know general market internals, we then are looking at day-to-day ETF asset flows to see. If there's enough day-to-day money going into an asset in order to support a rally, in order to you know support some kind of a price advance, so it's really a multi-step process. But I would say the most integral part of that is probably asset flows. Very interesting. That's not something that we've typically heard from tactical style managers is asset flows, and uh, we really appreciate you. Uh, uh, giving us that uh, that outlook here. So, uh, why do companies hire you? Companies hire me to for two reasons. One, probably the one that I do the least of, but it's probably the most important, is keeping clients out of the ditch, telling clients when something bad looks like it's going to happen. Um, something bad could be a correction in the stock market. It could be a reversal in the price of an asset at an important inflection point. Uh, so I think, number one, again, I've been doing this a long time, and you know, the first thing is not to lose any money um, or to try to lose as little money as possible. The stock market naturally goes up over time. So if you can keep clients out of the ditch, 
I think that's probably my primary responsibility and why people come back to us year after year is because we're very good at getting in front of potential moves that could do a lot of damage to your portfolio. The second thing that I do more frequently and, frankly, is a a lot more fun is finding ideas before anybody else, Um, trying to get in front of an idea. One of our better ones um, over the past year or so is back when the yield of the 10-year was trading up around 3%. And it seemed like everyone on CNBC, uh, everyone that you saw in the papers, they were talking about 330 yield, 350 yield, 4%. we actually bought the long bond, and we gave a recommendation to clients to buy some of the ETFs in there. TLT is one, which is the 20-year iShares, um, which is you know the price of the bond, which is moving inversely into bond yields. So finding ideas that clients get on, you know, can get on top of early, and you know giving them proper risk parameters. Because let's face it, um, I'm not. Uh, uh, you know, I don't get you know, the Wall Street Journal a day early. I get it the same day as everyone else. You know, the markets change their mind, and you're not going to be right all the time. But giving them good ideas early that they can get on top of and sit on, ideally, for several quarters. And if you could do it in such a way like this bond idea, where there really wasn't a lot of people buying bonds. In fact, I had some customers ask me if I was crazy when I told them in January 2014 uh, it was time to start you know, to look at buying treasuries. So that's kind of what's fun, and that's kind of what I do is I look for ideas um, and and alternatives to the stock market. Um, we actually built a model for the stock market that's done quite well. Um, there's some details about that on the website. But finding other ideas other than just a buy-and-hold approach to stocks is what we do quite well. John, hold that right there. We really appreciate that. We need to uh, take a quick break. We'll be right back. We're talking with John Kosar, founder and director of research at Asbury Research out of Chicago. You're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, and we'll be right back. According to the consulting firm Strategic Capital Allocation Group, every decade since 1900 has experienced at least one bear market, and several have experienced as many as three. So how do we protect our principal from these declines without missing the gains when prices rise? At Strategic Investor Radio, we interview asset managers with unique strategies designed to both protect and grow your investments. Investing is not rocket science. It's rocket fuel if you know how to harness it. For podcasts of our interviews, please visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. And now back to Charlie and his interview. Thank you, Paul. You're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, and we're talking talking with John Kosar, founder and director of research at Asbury Research out of Chicago. So, John, I, I still don't fully understand what are the hard copy deliverables that you provide. For example, we've got listeners that may be interested in your uh, services. What do they get when they sign up for your services? Well, we have various levels of service. We have a total of eight reports that we put out, um, and there are subsets of that for smaller investors or for investors that don't need the entire package. But there's eight different reports that go out at various intervals 
throughout the month. Again, some are dictated by the calendar, and most of them are dictated by what the market is doing. Uh, and what these reports give is a macro overview of where we think the major areas of uh, the U.S. financial landscape are headed over the next one to two quarters, including the stock market, um, including bonds, treasuries, sectors, sectors to be over-invested in, sectors to be under-invested in. Um, um, there'll be some individual stock ideas in there, um, and there'll also be some talk about oil, copper, uh, and a lot of this is oriented towards ETFs. So all of these ideas are investable through ETFs, um, you know, rather than just saying buy copper, you know, there's a copper ETF, there's a couple of copper ETFs that somebody could use to invest in. So we are giving a, um, a broad overview of where to be invested with specific ideas and targets for individual assets within those bigger categories. And you get involved in asset allocation or anything like that? We do not on a formal 60% um, stocks, 40% bonds, but whenever we're getting out of something, we're getting into something else. For example, I think the stock market is vulnerable to a potentially sizable correction this summer. You know, QE is over. There's some seasonality issues here, and there's a lot of other stuff that I see on the near-term horizon. So we're looking for another 2 to 4% in the stock market now. Um, but later this summer, we think there's trouble ahead, and we're already coming out with several options for, I don't mean options in the call-put sense, but several mm-hmm. investment options where investors may want to move some money around in the event that this correction materializes, like I think it will sometime this summer and heading into the early fall. So, you know, we're trying to keep ideas um, one step ahead of the market. In other words, saying there's a correction is great, but where do you, you know, where do you allocate your capital? Do you go into cash? Do you hide under your bed? We like to give ideas up front. Uh, so when it happens... Um, our clients already have looked into this, and they know where to go. Okay, so so let me ask, uh, what? But besides uh, what you just said about the, the U.S. stock market, uh, what do you see happening that is interesting at this point? What's the most interesting right now is I think we're on the verge of seeing a resurgence in some of the commodity markets. I mean, that's the most forward-looking one that I have right now. I still like bonds. It's an old trade, and we've done really well with that. Um, we're overweight energy. We're overweight, we're overweight the material sector, and we're looking at those as relative performers versus the S&P. So in the ETFs, we're looking at XLE versus SPY, or we're looking at XLB for the material sector versus SPY. But what's really interesting to me now is I'm seeing some hedging, um, least hedged, activity going on in platinum, copper, and gold. And I've been seeing these alternatively really since about January, February. So what this tells me is that the smart money in these areas, which are the people that are mining these things and um, housing them and using them, um, you know, the insider, so to speak, think that these are fairly valued or maybe even undervalued. So I think the place where we're looking is generally in the commodity space and specifically in oil, 
copper and gold. We think those are going to be opportunities into the summer and heading into the fall. And now really all we're waiting for is we're actually already in the crude oil idea um, and have been for a little while. We have a nice profit there already. You know, we've only been in there for about a month, but already making money in that in that idea. We're waiting for asset flows to improve in places like gold and copper to tell us that we're not the only people who think this is a good idea. I want to see some asset flows come in in front of me before I want to get my clients involved in those trades so we have a wave to ride, so to speak. Oh, that's very interesting here. Uh, you know, like you say, you can, you can listen to CNBC all day long and you get all kinds of noise. And uh, and certainly, like you said, back in uh, early 2014, everybody was saying, including me, that uh, rates on the 10-year were going to be well over 3%, 3.5% and the like, and that you called uh, that one correctly and got to hand it to you. Uh, if I can be so bold as to ask here, uh, what do you foresee in China? They've had a tremendous run-up in the past uh, month or so here. Do you see that continuing? Bigger picture, I do, because I think it fits in with my call on things like copper, um, you know, global barometer of economic strength or weakness. Bigger picture, yeah, but for the time being, I think they're, uh, they're a little tenuous here. Um, the only, well, there's two global markets that I'm focusing on right now. We've been overweight Japan um, via the Nikkei 225 since around Christmas time. And that's really outperformed nicely. I think that's going to continue. Uh, another one we're looking at right now, nobody's talking about, is Mexico. Uh, they're our third largest trade partner, a lot of manufacturing down there, and a lot of oil production. I told you we're overweight energy, and I think oil's going to do better here. Uh, but as far as China goes, I think just because we've had such a run-up, the Shanghai, Shanghai uh, uh stock market has been vertical for a month. I think if you're not on that train already, I wouldn't chase that one. I think there'll be an opportunity um, to re-engage there at some point um, over the next 6 to 12 months, but right now, I think that one is is one that's uh, um, it looks a little vulnerable just because it's come so far so fast. That's, uh, that, that's what I thought you'd probably say, but we really appreciate you being forthright and, and telling us that. So tell us about your strategies and about your recommendations and the like. John, what keeps you awake at night? <laughs> what used to keep me awake at night, um, well, I guess it still does to a degree as long as you're in this business. You know, you're going to have... Uh, um, you know, you know, you're going to have you know two o'clock in the morning moments where you're thinking, you know, trying to think of the next day. Um, most of my clients um, since 2008, I started on this business strictly hedge funds portfolio managers. After 2008, uh, Wall Street got to be a lot smaller place, and the demographics shifted. There's a lot more wealth managers of various stripes, financial advisors, and uh, that's been making our phone ring over the past couple of years. And what these guys are really afraid of is having their clients lose a great deal of money like happened in 2008. You know, they're afraid. They basically told me if the S&P is up 30% and I'm up 26 or 25, my, you know, my clients are, are going to still love me. You know, they're not going to go anywhere. But if the S&P is down 30% and I'm down 20, they're going to go away. So what these guys want to know is what can I do to sleep at night so I can avoid 
losing half my business to another 2008 or even something that's going to be smaller than that. So two years ago, almost two years ago in September, actually, it'll be two years, I built a model for the S&P 500 correction protection model is what I call it. It's on the website if you go to the performance page there, and you can see some charts and some stats. But basically, it's totally binary. It's either in the market or it's out, which is in cash. Um, Totally quantitative. There's four moving parts. And um, over the over rolling 10, 30, 60, and 90-day periods since 07, it's about double the performance of the S&P with about half the volatility of returns. This is not a home run hitters kind of a model. This is a model that's going to allow the market to do what it does. Over time, it goes up. It's been doing that for 100 years. All this is doing is getting you out when the market looks like it's going to be vulnerable to some kind of a pullback. So long answer to a short, short question, but the thing that keeps me up at night is what do you do if I wake up some morning you know, and the S&P is down 30. What do you do? Do you buy more, you know, or do you get out? And this model I built helps to solve that problem for me and my clients. Well, congratulations, uh, John. Uh, that uh, that sounds like a, a great service, and certainly wealth managers, are, uh, including me, are very, very concerned about uh, those issues for a number of reasons, especially we don't want to lose anybody any money. That's not why we got in this business. And, exactly. uh, you know, bear mar- but bear markets occur. And uh, they occur often, and we haven't had one for a while. The last one was was bad, but did um, they occur? And they typically are down about forty percent. So that's certainly a um, a great service. Uh, John, tell us what book on investing would you recommend for our listeners? You know, I'm more technically oriented. You know, and asset flows oriented. It's kind of the first half of my career. It was all price based. I, you know, I was looking for trends. I was looking, you know, to read volume and read open interest and try to determine what price was saying about what basically what price was saying right now about price tomorrow or next week or next month. Um, since then, I've shifted in much more of an asset flow. Um, sort of a mode. Asset flows, frankly, are one of the few indicators I found in 30 years that actually lead the market. Everything else seems to be price first, and then you can make assumptions on price. But all of that being said, um, there is one book that is maybe the first book that I ever bought. I'm actually holding it in my hand now. It's dog-eared, and it's 30 years old, but it's called Technical Analysis of Stock Trends. Edwards and McGee are the authors. I think they originally printed this book in the 40s. Uh, There's 13th or 14th or 15th version of this. Um, Again, it's kind of arcane in terms of its language it's um it's uh but it's a great book for an investor to understand how previous price movement can forecast and influence what happens to prices in the future and the best thing about this book is it shows somebody that is not technically oriented how to protect your portfolio from a 2008 um, you know you, you don't have to be somebody who does this every day like me to to have very simple tools that somebody can watch every day to keep them from you know losing their retirement money is basically what it is I mean everybody wants to make money in the market and it's great to tell people at cocktail parties how much you made but 
bottom line, if you're in your 40s or your 50s and you've got some money put away, you need to protect that. And I think some of the basic um, tools and tenets in this book would teach somebody that's not really familiar with that way to look at the markets, some basic tools to protect your portfolio. John, thank you very much. That's one that has not been recommended before. That's by Edwards and McGee. And the title again? Technical Analysis of Stock Trends. It's an oldie but a goodie. You can, uh, it's been around for 50 years. Okay. Thank you very much. So how do people find you? We're on the Internet, uh, Uh If you go to the blog tab, there's, a, a, there's tabs all the way across up top. I talked about the performance tab to look at the to look at the model we do for the S&P 500. Um, if you go to the blog tab, you can sign up for free research excerpts. We do them about once a week or so, and it's usually a paragraph and a chart from one of the pieces of research we do. This is how we keep in touch with people who express interest in us, and maybe they're not quite ready to pull the trigger and sign on as Asbury clients, Asbury subscribers. So that's something they could do right away, and um, we're going to put an offer out there uh, for folks, too. Um, if you contact us at sales um, at asburyresearch.com, we will send you uh, a current report, and we're going to do a special three-month offer. We're going to knock a pretty good chunk off of the price of a three-month access to a basic subscription to Asbury. This is only for new people. This isn't for pre-existing folks that have been with us, but that's just something that uh, we'd like to do to introduce people to what we do, and hopefully uh, hopefully we can make a relationship and help them. John, thank you very much for that offer, and uh, we'd highly recommend that uh, everybody take a look at that and uh, take advantage of it. Also, if there are any questions anybody has about this, like any input from us, you can send us an email at info at strategicinvestorradio.com. So before we sign off here, John, this has been very interesting. Thank you very much for joining us today. What final words do you have for our listeners? I think the final words might be look at different ways to manage your portfolio. I, uh, I think a lot of people are either fundamental analysts, you know, or, you know, people who watch the economy or people who look at charts or people that look at asset flows. Most of the clients that we have, a lot of them are CFAs who are strictly, you know, these guys are economics people, they're quantitative people. We show them the other side of the elephant. And, you know, I think the important thing is, is there is value in different types, different ways to look at the markets, technical, fundamental, economic. Try to look at the market, even as an individual investor, a little piece of each of those. So you get to see the entire elephant, so to speak, and not just one side. And I think that's probably the best advice that I can give to anybody, you know, whether they're professional or not, is don't get stuck. This is, you know, you're not taking sides um, on some kind of a football team bet. The more sides of the elephant a person can see, the better. So try to look at a piece from every different discipline in order to get the best view on where prices are going. John, thank you very much for that input. Uh, Certainly very valuable. 
So we've been talking with John Kosar, founder and director of research at Asbury Research. You're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net. You can reach us at www.strategicinvestorradio.com. I'm Charlie Wright. We wish you happy and productive investing. You've been listening to The Strategic Investor, your source for compelling investment strategies from some of the most productive asset managers in the industry. For unique investment strategies, visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. Investing is not rocket science. Charlie Wright is an investment advisor representative with Partner Vest Advisory Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. The views and opinions expressed by our guests are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views of Partner Vest Advisory Services, LLC, or Charlie Wright. Partner Vest and our guests are unaffiliated companies. No information in this discussion is intended to provide investment, tax, or legal advice to any person, nor is it an offer to sell any security.